Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Guilty pleasures and growing pains with Nina and friends. What if 2020 isn't canceled? What if 2020 is the year we've been waiting for? A year so uncomfortable, so painful, so scary, and so raw that it finally forces us to grow. A year that screams so loud, finally awaking us from our ignorant slumber. A year we finally accept the need for change, declare change, work for change, and become the change. A year we finally band together instead of pushing each other further apart. 2020 isn't canceled but rather the most important year of them all. And that's Leslie Dwight, and it's made its way all around the internet. But I don't think I have read or felt something more powerful in the past few weeks as we start to absorb everything that we've witnessed or maybe even been a part of. Mm -hmm. And instead of wanting the pain to go away, which we do, right? You know, you, you don't want people hurting anywhere. But without that discomfort and without the pain, there will be no change. Mm -hmm. And I just wanted to bring that up again. And maybe you haven't seen that quote, but we want to have this conversation together right now after, you know, a couple weeks have passed. You know, we've seen riots. We've seen the National Guard in our streets. We've seen beautiful, peaceful protests, you know, marching and, and preaching so much truth. And I think as we have this conversation, Krista, Angie, and I, we were all sitting and looking at each other as we were taking in the news and having conversations about our own experiences very openly. I I told them both, I've never said black people as black people more in my life than I have lately. And I don't feel bad about it because that's what we're saying. Black lives matter. Mm -hmm. That's what we're saying and how we process it. And, and Krista is here with us. And if you've never seen a picture of her, she is a beautiful black woman. And I asked you, I said, what conversation is not being had that needs to be had? That what, what can we help facilitate that's not already out there to make it palatable for all of us to understand really what's happening? Because the reason why I say, I know it's been a couple of weeks and I think it's important for us to do this because just because it's been a couple of weeks and your Instagram feeds look different, mm-hmm. It's not different. Yeah. This mm-hmm. is our opportunity to actually see change. I-, I believe that. And I've been called naive for having that belief. And that's okay because challenge it. 
challenge my belief. I'll challenge yours. Let's challenge what we think so we can find ways to navigate through those paths. And the reason why I was challenged in saying, Nina, that's not going to happen. It's going to happen again. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it has happened again. And that hurts. Within within a past few days. Mm -hmm. But it did not go quiet though. No. So while that should not have happened. Correct. Another life should not have been lost. lost. But this time it was not brushed under the rug. We've all been made aware. Correct. Mm -hmm. So I guess as we move forward and having an awkward, maybe uncomfortable, raw and honest conversation, what is missing? What what are we not saying right now, Krista? So first and foremost, Nina, I just want to let you know that I truly, from the bottom of my heart, appreciate you just speaking up and not being silent. Angie, I can say the same thing about you. Um, Obviously, I identify with you guys as my family. And I scroll on social media and I have these conversations with you and you all even asking me questions or having any type of desire to want to know about the black struggle means so much to me. I have friends that have been present in my life since I was five years old and have not posted one thing, have not said one thing because A, they either don't care or B, they're afraid to because they don't want to get quote unquote attacked or reprimanded for how they were raised. And I can't be mad at anyone for being raised into racism. Let's just call it what it is, into racism. So if there's anything that I can offer as a black woman speaking to people who aren't black is understanding that oppression is real and these two words are very daunting, but white privilege is a real thing. And I think that's the hardest thing for me to say out loud because I have so many coworkers and beautiful friends, even family members that are white. But at the same time, I need people to understand that white people have a power, have access to a hierarchy that we cannot have access to unless white people are aware of their own privilege and how it can help minorities. And I know that sounds crazy. I don't mean it to sound like a handout for black people, but at the end of the day, dating back to slavery era, era, to the Emancipation Proclamation, to the Civil Rights Movement, there's always been white allies to help black culture progress in life. So I think that's the biggest takeaway that I want everyone to understand is black people benefit more. I'm not saying we need it, But black people benefit more when they have allies that are outside of the black race, that are white, that are Jewish, that are Persian, Armenian, anybody that has a lighter complexion can help and be an ally. So I'm so blessed. Even when I was walking down the street and protesting a few weeks ago, I was shocked. I was brought to tears because I couldn't believe I saw so many white people standing up for injustice and, and police reform and actually holding up fist and smiling at me and holding up their fist saying black lives matter. I I never in a million years thought I would see that. So that's how I feel that this time. And I'm, I'm, I'm praying to God that this time what we're going through compared to back in 2012, when Trayvon Martin was murdered, there's countless names, but this time it's different. And this time I have hope and I have faith that 
black people and white people will come together and figure out how to eliminate injustices against black people against I'm not going to say people of color against black people. And I'm just grateful for you again, Nina opened up the airwaves for us to have this, this dialogue. So I hope I answered your question. I was a little bit long winded, but no, I think it's important awareness, awareness of white privilege and oppression and systematic oppression. Right. And the awareness is part of it. And as soon as you, and I'll get to that in a second, but I think that we have to start to understand both sides. But even before you get to that point, I think that we're watching everybody just push forward because you understand that this is not right. Correct. This is not the life that we want to live, you know? like, And, and hearing you thanking us for asking the questions, I think that that brings up um, a conversation for me too because, yes, Krista is our friend. She's our sister. So we can ask her things just like she can ask us things and, and about absolutely anything. There's also a conversation and a criticism out there. And this is... Um, me speaking very freely because there's a lot of people just trying to understand Mm -hmm. how to help in the best way that they can. And that is that we are, as white people, are not supposed to ask our black friends about the oppression. And it's not your job to help us understand our privilege. And I actually understand that because I started asking questions and I was checked very quickly, respectfully checked, by the way, not by Krista, someone else, respectfully checked because I was trying to understand how they were feeling. Mm-hmm. And there was just so much pain that runs so deep that yeah. had nothing to do with the questions that I was asking. Yeah. And it was like, you're not helping, even though I'm trying to help. Mm-hmm. And the reason why I bring this up is because for white people that want to be allies and actually support and be productive in their way of being an ally. I'm going to tell you this, and it's the one thing that I I found as I was starting to do research on the internet. Um, It's a quote from the book called White Privilege, and I, I have not read the book, but I found this one quote, and it stood out to me, and it was, in order to be anti racist, to actually practice being an anti racist, you have to be able to acknowledge when you're being racist. And so I bring that up because for anybody that's listening that's saying, I'm not racist. Mm -hmm. I have so much love in my heart. I have a black friend. I have black friends. I love Mm -hmm. black people. I think a lot of people can say that and truly, truly mean it. Mm -hmm. This isn't, I was naive. And this is also very embarrassing for me to admit. I am a college educated woman. I like to think that I'm intelligent and pretty in tune, but this is me admitting my accidental racism, potentially, if if that's what we're going to call it. Mm -hmm. It's uncomfortable to call yourself a racist, even when you believe that you are not. That's right. So I did not understand what systematic oppression was. Right. I did not understand that black people were set up to fail. (laughs) I didn't know that. I truly believed that this was a love thing, a color thing, uh, not, you know, people not understanding that we're all the same regardless of the color of our skin. That's what I was taught in my house. That's what my mother taught me as I was growing up. And that's what I experienced in my school. Now, I grew up in Seattle in a suburb outside of Seattle called Bellevue. And in my neighborhood, it was a melting pot. So now sitting here in Chicago and living in the cities that I have, I lived in, you know, Manhattan, New York, you know, you see all of those things. I grew up in Baltimore and there I think was where I witnessed the most segregation prior to moving to Chicago. Sure. And so in going back and starting to do research and, and not understanding white privilege, and that may be a very naive statement for wow. a college educated woman who has every color of the rainbow as friends has accepted all kinds of people with love and open arms. And as you're listening, you probably do too. You probably do love people. I know Angie is the same way. And when we have conversations, even when Krista isn't here, we're like, wow, I didn't know what my privilege meant. Mm -hmm. 
I really didn't. And I'm ashamed to say it took me so long to understand, but I will never not understand that again. I think that's the heartbreaking part about it all is the fact that it's 2020 and businesses are just now coming up with diversity and inclusion policies to make sure all people of color, no matter if you're white, black, Asian, Hispanic, Latinx, Pacific Islander, feel included. And this is happening all because black people are senselessly killed by the police in 2020. And this has been happening forever. Pre-civil rights era. God, and that, That's the sad part about all of this. And, and it is sad. And it, the hard part is, is that you, Krista, and black people have been carrying this around for so long. So that pain has existed longer than our pain. So now I have pain too. Angie has pain too. A lot of us have pain because we're ashamed. And there is something called human guilt. I won't even call it white guilt. I'll say human guilt for so many of us to not understand. And so that's the pain that, yeah, I appreciate you saying that that. we're not supposed to put on you. Yeah. There's definitely a difference between white guilt and human guilt. 100%. So thank you for saying that. And it's just that I can't go to my black friend, let's say as an example, I did, I wouldn't do this anyway, but there are moments when you're you're like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. I, I love you. I never wanted you to feel this way. What is your pain? Krista, you don't even want to hear that. Do you want to hear that? I want to hear that. You, Krista, I just read Angela Davis's memoir and biography. Mm-hmm. And I can't believe that the Black Panther movement was an organization to protect neighborhoods and innocent people from being targeted. That's what I want to hear. I did not know, Krista, that Malcolm X and Martin Luther King both stood for the same purpose but had two completely different outlooks of course. on how to achieve that. I, I don't need an apology because you've never done anything to me personally. Angie, you've never done anything to me personally. And when Angie has, this is why I appreciate Angie so much, (laughs) because when she has a question, my dog will ask before all of this happened. Yeah. Angie and our morning show went to the Civil Rights Museum and I will... Oh, I remember you guys did that. I will literally tell my kids this. I will never forget. There's a part of the Civil Rights Museum that shows black people under the, the, the ships planking and laying on each other to cross from Africa to America to be sold as slaves. And Ed looked down at Angie and said, Angie, I need you to get down there. (laughs) I need you to, I need you to feel what my people went through. And she crawled her little ass down in there. And I just watched her just go bloodshot red. That feeling that she felt is what we have been feeling for 400 years. And it's scary. It's genuinely scary. And when she got up and there were, she was so overwhelmed. Angie was so overwhelmed by what has happened between the 1800s and now that she had to sit down. She was like, Krista, I, I, I'm so overwhelmed. I, I can't handle it from Martin Luther King being killed to slaves value being over a million dollars to this, to that. I got to sit down. So I don't want an apology. I don't need your apology because y'all have never done anything wrong directly to me. And you can't help the way you were raised. You all, my, my white friends cannot help that their parents instilled racism in them. You know what I mean? Racism is, racism is taught. You're not born to be a racist. Mm-hmm. So 
I want to hear my white counterparts tell me that they just found out about Asada Shakur and what she was doing for the culture. What I want to hear my white allies say that they have been reading constantly about the black struggle from the Amer- I want to hear that no Abraham Lincoln didn't do what he was supposed to do in a timely fashion. We had to wait years for slaves to be free. Shout out to Juneteenth. I don't know when this episode's going to drop, but Juneteenth is this Friday. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I don't, I don't, again, I can't restate this enough. White allies or people who are just now discovering this so-called human guilt. I don't, we don't need your apology. We just need your action. We need your words. That's we need your access. Hear. We need your, 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 to use your brain power to go on Google and order a book written by Angela Davis or written by Maya Angelou and, and, and educate your children. That's all. Yeah. And I mean, I think really do it from a place of curiosity and, and with intent. Right now, I think that there's a lot of pressure to say something or post something or do something. Um, and I'm saying that because I've heard that from my white friends that feel it. And yeah. I get that. Yeah. And you don't want to just be posting the same thing and, and not to defend your friends that haven't said anything. Because when I brought up devil's advocate and yeah. saying, well, what if they don't know what to say? Well, what if, and I loved your response because and I'm bringing this up again, mm-hmm. because you could be listening, thinking to yourself, well, I don't want to say the wrong thing. This is not a time for anybody to really worry about how it comes out because if you get corrected, it will be respectfully corrected mm-hmm. and it's okay to be yeah. wrong. I'm wrong a lot. You may want to cor- respectfully correct anything I'm saying today and I'm open to that. And I think that's the point. I'm open to getting corrected so that my mind is right and open to love and, and not letting this happen anymore, yeah. actually stopping and making this change. And I know, Angie, you're, you're waiting to say some things and, and I want to hear them, but I don't want to skip over what you just brought up. This is kind of a history lesson. A lot of the stuff and the guilt and, and feeling so ashamed, I call my mom crying. I'm like, I went to college and I never <laughs> learned these things. Redlining, what is this? What is this? So in, in your reading and in your research, you'll come up with some stuff that you probably should have, we probably should have learned in school. Mm-hmm. I learned about slavery. I learned about Harriet Tubman. I know about the Underground Railroad. I know about Jim Crow laws, but I didn't know about the stuff that came after and how yeah. segregation was is still so prominent. But this is where I was going with this. Juneteenth. Krista, why don't you break it down? It's pretty much the true 4th of July. It's genuinely the most organic version. It should be the Independence Day. So obviously the Emancipation Proclamation was signed by Abraham Lincoln and that allegedly publicly declared all slaves to be free but that didn't take into effect until a few years later and on june 19th was when it's acknowledged slaves are free let's go let's own our own not even it it didn't happen that quick obviously we didn't own our own businesses but you're not anyone's property anymore right and i don't think it's registering to people how vital and important that is to history and I'm not trying to be a drama queen about it and I could even be wrong about that's my perception of Juneteenth because again I'm from Kentucky and I didn't know about Juneteenth until I got to college and I started noticing all of these other states surrounding Kentucky are celebrating Juneteenth so now with the acknowledgement and and 
I guess this this racial awareness that we're having with Juneteenth, it's so imperative for people to ingest the word Juneteenth because people were once property. Right. People were once slaved. My ancestors were raped on, on plantation houses. My ancestors were mammies. Shout out to Aunt Jemima. Shout out to Quaker not, you know, doing the whole Aunt Jemima thing anymore because she was a mammy. That's true. My ancestors were mammies. My ancestors were breastfeeding their slave owner's children because our breast milk was so healthy. So that's what Juneteenth represents to me is my ancestors had hope once that day happened. And it's, it's, it's transpiring until today. And I just pray that this is something that's taught in schools. I pray that all public schools and private schools and charter schools are able to designate a lesson to Juneteenth. This is when slaves were actually considered free. This is the real Independence Day. It's almost like the whole Chris- Christopher Columbus thing. Like, right. well, Christopher Columbus gets a day and we all have a day off work, but that, that land was already someone else's. Well, people boycott that day. Exactly. Because so, it's, kind of a, it's kind of a twisted thing. But I hope, too, moving forward, that there's a whole curriculum based on black history. Yeah, which it should be. I, like, 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 you can take it in college. Me. Like, I know that there are certain to say that. classes yeah. and stuff that, that you can take. And I think that there is a chapter or two that brushes over it, which was like the whole slave thing. But my mom's a teacher and she was telling me about how um, in their history class, because of all this, you know, you got to talk to your kids. The kids are witnessing things that they've never seen before and they're trying to understand too. And I'm so proud of the younger generations right now. I'm so proud of the action that so many have been taking and how they've been using social media to even argue with their parents. You know, that's the other part. And I know, Angie, you have a story about this too, but my mom said that the teacher would not let the kids leave the the Zoom meeting because they're not in class until every single student in that class said something that they could physically do on their own to fight racism, to to change it, to be an anti-racist, to practice what that truly, truly means. And I I thought that was so powerful. And I was also so sad because I'm like, it is 2020, guys. Yeah, that's what I keep reflecting back on is. But is it, do you feel like, (sighs) both of you, Yeah, it's heartbreaking. It's the guilt is there. Not is this too too little too late? I mean, yeah. I mean, what do you think? Yep, like, it's wh- too late. Um, and that's the thing. We we me and you especially have said that we didn't know these things. That's why it's so important. You're gonna teach your kids at a young age to be racist. Then you should teach your kids at a young age to not be racist and be educated because it sucks and it's really sad that. Even we've said, we've only knew, like, the surface level stories. True. You know what I mean? Like, you didn't know what redlining is. There's so much, there's so many things that I didn't know. And it sucks. It sucks that at a young age, like, we're only taught the bare minimum of this. And no wonder why people grow up and, like, I don't want to wait till college to take a course on it. Because guess what? It's not, it's not implemented in college. You choose to take that. True. So you need, you need to start teaching these kids at a young age because if not like no they're gonna grow they're gonna go their whole lives thinking what they're being taught is right and then they're gonna see all this stuff going on and being like well I didn't know or well that's not what I'm used to you know what I mean of course no you're right and that goes back to what Krista was saying too people Mm -hmm. aren't born racist exactly you're taught and sometimes it's not an intentional teaching 
you know, I, sometimes it is. It's habit. Sometimes it is, but sometimes it's, it's not. Right. Sometimes it's images that you see in movies mm-hmm. or songs or the way different things are portrayed. And you just kind of... Accept it. Well, I think we've we've all been in this coasting mode, you know, right? Like you accept stuff, you're kind of thoughtless in how you consume. And you don't realize that what you're consuming and the conversations that you're having and the people that you're around really become who you are. But it's, it's you can't help, and I'm not trying to make an excuse for racist. I'm not. But at the, if you grow up on a cul-de-sac and it's an all-white neighborhood in an all-white area at your all-white school, and then you finally make it to college and you're, you're integrated a little bit, you're going to be shut off from those people. You're not going to want to be around those people because you didn't grow. You don't know what those people are like. Is that racism or is that being racially insensitive because you've never been exposed to another culture again that's the redlining issue that's the oppression that's the systematic oppression white people are meant to be affluent and live over here while black people are meant to be blue collar and and go over here so it's it's your neighborhood and, and dr cornell west said it best it's nihilism it's 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 being comfortable in your own space and not wanting to taint it because that's how you were raised and and that's how you grew up so i pray that now again it's 2020 I'm going to disagree with you, Angie. I don't think it's too late. Again, we don't know when uh, yeah, Jesus I didn't is mean exactly call like that it's too late, yeah. but I just want to emphasize like We're teach late. them younger. Yes. Yeah. Like I should not have to wait till I'm 26 yeah. to learn like everything that I've learned within this these last couple of weeks. You know what I mean? But you took the time to learn right. it. I think it would be more of a shame if you turned your head and was like, oh, well, I'm not in school anymore. Like, that's mm-hmm. the whole thing. Like, we're still all learning as we go about these days. And Krista, you're right too, but this is the other side and, and this is for the, the white people with big hearts, the white people that are great. I keep thinking about the people that I grew up with. My white friends, you know, we our school for the most part was pretty um, multiracial. So we saw a lot of different things, but... We, had, we were very privileged. There's no question about that at the same time. So let's say you do grow up in a cul-de-sac, all white friends, and you go to college and you have an open heart and you're curious. You know, you start asking the black person that you met in your class that you get along with great questions and they may seem racially insensitive. Mm-hmm. And in that moment, I think there's an opportunity because you're right, Krista, they don't know any better. So what are you supposed to do? That's another one of those opportunities for a respectful checking. You know right. what I'm saying? I think I think we all need to be open and okay with being checked without being defensive. And that's where that whole listening comes mm-hmm. in and truly <laughs> listening to what everybody is saying. And I really appreciate that you said that and like you're not like on attack mode because you're right. Like it sucks because some people, that's all they know. That's all that they were taught. That's all that they were exposed to. And it's like you almost, like, you can't blame them. I mean, you can, but you almost can't blame them for only knowing that kind of world. You know what I mean? But who I don't feel sorry for, though, there is a consumerism world that we live in, you all. Like, mm-hmm. let's let's be real about it. Black music. Yep. Black yeah. culture. Mm-hmm. Clothes, nails, hair. You saw what Justin Bieber said. You I mean, know Justin what I mean, Bieber. I rock with Justin Bieber. I, he did not have to do that. He did. My dog Justin Bieber. And he Bieber. He did not have to have Angela Rye love her. Shout mm-hmm. out to Angela Rye. He did not have to call her and say, Angela, I have a following and a fan base that does not understand what's going on. Either they're too young or naive. Can you please come on my live and explain to my fan base why people are peacefully protesting and why? People are even rioting. People, that's one thing that 
I'm noticing a lot of my white friends back home are not posting. They're not reaching out to me because they don't agree with the looting. They don't agree with the writing. And I respect it. That's fine. That's your opinion. But Dr. Martin Luther King said it best. Writing is the voice of the unheard. People have been shunned and shut up and hung and enslaved for hundreds and hundreds of years. And it's almost like a little kid, right? Lecrae said it at my sermon a couple weeks ago, the Christian singer. He said, if you tell a kid shut up for so long and not listen to what a kid's going to have to say, he's going to act out. He's going to either destroy his room or tear up his room or break something just to get your attention. And I'm not saying that black people are like children and we're childish, but there's a point where it, we, we've tried doing the Martin Luther King thing. People have tried being peaceful. People have tried taking a knee and kneeling on a football field, letting you know that black people are being killed innocently and that did not work. So that's why businesses are being busted. And it's not because you're a white business owner. It's not because you're a Trump supporter. It's because black people's voices have not been heard for hundreds and hundreds of years. So I pray that my allies take the time to educate their family and their friends and people who may be subtly racist and don't even know it. Like, hey, this is why black people are protesting because they have not had a voice for over 400 years. I, 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 I hear you. And I do. I hear you. I don't think that all those riots, though, were that. I think that maybe, you know, the stuff in Minneapolis started that way. And then I do believe that there were some people that took it and ran with it mm-hmm. uh, rec- yeah. recklessly. Because a lot of and the rioters weren't even black people. I, I think a lot of those, I, I don't even know what to, to generalize them as, but I, I do think that there are a lot of people out there being reckless and hiding behind a movement, which is mm-hmm. kind of bullshit. Yeah. It's and, it's so I, and, I, and I think at the end of everything, We've been cracked open on every possible front in the past few months. And we are talking about Black Lives Matter right now because that's something that is important to us. And and hopefully it's important to you guys too, just as people, as as people that love people and that want to see our country survive and thrive in a way that isn't like it is right now. Guys, we are really facing some ugly stuff. Mm -hmm. And I, I don't care what side of politics you're on. I don't care what color your skin is. If you are going to turn your head to the fact that people are hurting and things are falling apart right now, then you are blind to the BS. Yep. And that, and that's it. And, and I don't want that. I want to go back to, to what I was saying in the very beginning from that quote that was saying that that this is the year that we needed for change. 100%. I was going to say, I think like this year sucks and I'm pretty sure everybody can agree. Oh yeah. But I think what's so beautiful. I don't think, and what is it? Only like June. I don't think I've had more (laughs) meaningful conversations than I have in these past couple months than I have in like my whole life. You know what I mean? Cause no one gives a, I'm sorry, no one gives a fuck about the Kardashians right now. No one gives a fuck about what's happening on TV. Like I feel like everyone right now, and maybe not everyone, but, the people that I've been surrounded by, we've all been talking about what's going on, what can we do to help, and it's all meaningful stuff. And I feel like, to go back with the quote, like it, it needed to happen. 
I I agree. And I think that it's also encouraging to see the people like the Kard- the Kardashians are actually not what I'm going to use as an example. <laughs> I, I want to talk about Halsey. I think that Halsey is somebody that is in pop culture and front and center that has been using her platform in a really powerful way. And to talk about Justin Bieber, he did have to do that. Yeah. He had to do that for a lot of reasons. And I think mm-hmm. it's also because he cares. Justin Bieber is not a shitty person. Right. You know, he cares and he can acknowledge yeah, what he did his... did make a couple mistakes back in his younger days but who, that was but caught on camera. who doesn't? Yeah. Who doesn't? I think that the only it's way just, that it's just such a, you, it's such a heavy word that he said. There's so much. What it, what was it? Maybe he I don't know was, what you're talking um, about. When he was before he was doing an audition tape, I think he was like either 12 or 13 and he kept saying the N-word and he kept making oh, like a joke. I don't even. And then he apologized for it, but I mean again, like I told you all earlier, I, we don't want the apology. We want the action. Action. And, and acknowledgement. Acknowledge when you're racist. Yes. And acknowledgement. That's, but again, and that's how you like you said, being he doesn't make those mistakes. Mistakes, but at the same time, there's just so much trauma behind mm-hmm. the word. Sure. I, I, I don't like that word. Yeah. That's never been a thing for me. Um, but I did have friends that would use it. And actually, you know what I did recently? Um, just as an example of little things that you can do in your own personal life. And, you know, I can't change the world, but I can talk to people about stuff, going back to those meaningful conversations. But the moments when you don't realize that you're being racist are the moments when sometimes you're just quiet. You know, yeah. maybe you're in a circle or having a conversation with people. Maybe you were in the room when Justin Bieber used the N-word, but you don't want to correct Justin Bieber. Well, one of my friends uses the N-word in conversation sometimes. She just kind of, she's not meaning to be, yeah. you know, what it means. She's just using it because that's what she does. And I found myself, I let her, I used to let her do it. Yeah. I never liked like slang using it or using it like referring to people as... No, like slang, like slang, like slang. Like I'm slang. Up. Okay. Yeah, like slang. Like she would just use it in conversation and call different people that. Is and she black? No, she's but she's of she's brown. So okay. so I'm caught up. Right. So so she she just <laughs> thought she was being funny. I never loved it in conversation. I never liked it. It always made me uncomfortable. But I let it slide. Yeah. And so it happened a few weeks ago when we were talking and I had to stop her in the middle of the conversation, I was like, bro, listen, if I'm really going to be a person of my word and or walk my talk right now, I need you not to do that. That's real. Mm-hmm. I need you not to do that around me. And I'm sorry. I don't want to come off harsh. I know you, it I don't. And, she, and she's is. like, well, I don't mean anything bad by you. You know, I'm a good person. I was like, you are a good person. And that's why I knew you would receive what I'm saying. What I'm saying. Yeah. And those types of conversations are kind of awkward to have with your friends, but I think that's where we're at. And that's mm-hmm. what makes you a true friend. If you mm-hmm. can have those conversations and, and peel back, back those layers of uncomfortable just being uncomfortable that's where the value of friendship is and like, she wasn't me, like she wasn't she mad received it, she right? received it and Amen. she has not done it since and so I mean I, that's a very small example I know but I think that a lot of people are trying to figure out how they can progress the movement practice doing the right things if you're not out there protesting for whatever reason I didn't I didn't go to the protests and I didn't go to the protests not because I don't believe in them I work with someone that has a child and I was afraid to put myself in a situation where I was going to be exposed to too many people but I've seen so many powerful images and back to what I was saying about Halsey now Halsey is such an interesting person I think if you didn't know she's mixed she's black and white her father is black, her mom is white, and her mom's a nurse. Did you hear about this, no. Krista? I just no, only thing I saw her protesting, and I didn't know it was her. That's what made me respect her because she wasn't doing it for clout. She no. was literally out there 
putting pouring milk on people's faces who were pepper sprayed. Yes. That shifted everything for me and in Halsey. She was taking care of people that were shot with rubber bullets. Yep. There was homeless people that got caught up in the mix and she was tending to their wounds. And her mom, or maybe her mom wasn't a nurse, she was an EMT, something. She worked in the medical field and so that's where Halsey had gotten the experience. And she was sharing on her platforms because I think you have to feel like she wanted her fans to know what it felt like to be there. She wanted people that were viewing her in her platform to see what was really happening. And I mean, she went even further to talk about how she understands that, you know, she passed, she's white passing and what that guilt feels like. And, you know, but I mean, all of that stuff, it's just, it's so interesting. You know, there's so many layers and levels of girl colorism. That's that's a whole other episode. White passing, colorism. I mean, we don't, we don't need to get into all that right now. Cause I I don't even, I need to do more research on on that before we speak (laughs) on it, you know, but I I just wanted to bring her up because I thought it was so powerful going back to Justin Bieber needed to do those things. And that's that anybody that has a platform is being asked to speak up, you know, and there's pressures that, that are there from people that haven't spoken up yet, or there's pressures from different fan bases to their people, because you're looking to the person you look up to just to anybody that has a following or you're a teacher or you're somebody that has anybody that looks at you. I I have that responsibility on my shoulders, guys. I do. And when you get into certain situations, you don't realize what real responsibility looks like until you're in a place where you don't want to say the wrong thing. But I promise you, I will say the wrong thing. But I also promise you, I will own up to anything that I say that is wrong and any misstep that happens because I want to learn and grow with you. So in whatever position you're in, the Halseys, the teachers, the public figures, all I'm saying is, is that that pressure that you're feeling to say something, if you haven't, you really do need to say something because there's people looking at you trying to, to know how to feel. There's people looking at you that are using you as their research. You know, they're, they're learning from you. And that responsibility is heavy. It's a lot. You don't, you're not their parent. That's not your job to teach them, but somebody didn't teach them. So you have an opportunity to teach them. Mm. Krista's still my teacher in life. Angie is still my teacher in life. And you're my teacher in life. You know, and, and I learned stuff from you too, Angie. You know, I received that, Nina. Thank you. You know what I mean? It's like, I just want to empower anybody yeah. that wants to do good and, and care and all of those things to, to say something. Can I, can I say one more thing real quickly before we close? Of course. I know we've been, we've been going, but I just, no, I, I just, don't mind. I just want to bring back to perspective, the humanism in this recent day and age that we're living in. Right? Like I don't want people to forget. I know we're completely wrapped up in the politics and the people yeah. surrounding what happened to George Floyd and Ahmaud Arbery and Breonna Taylor and the countless people that have senselessly lost their lives. Rather, they were playing with the fake gun like Tamir Rice, I believe that's correct, or walking down the street in a hoodie with Skittles and an Arizona Mm. tea like Trayvon Martin. I don't want people to forget that George Floyd was on the ground for eight minutes and 46 seconds with the knee shoved in his throat. And how terrified that man was. He was so scared he called out to his mom. I don't want people to forget that Breonna Taylor was in her home in Louisville, Kentucky, asleep when a no-knock warrant was served and the police busted in her home. And somehow in the crossfire, she was murdered and killed. I don't want people to get so caught up in the politics, which we should be, rightfully so. 
Laws need to be changed. Police need to be reformed. However, we cannot forget about these grieving family members and these grieving friends and the grieving world that we're living in right now, knowing that these people were senselessly killed allies are you my white allies are making change there's the atmosphere is different now you all compared to when I was working on the Trayvon Martin case everything is different so I just really appreciate Gen Z and millennials for coming together and realizing when right is right and wrong is wrong no matter if there's video footage of it or not so let's not forget about the people who died senselessly and we're making effort and we're making change. And I just appreciate you, Nina, so much for opening up these airwaves. And I appreciate you, Angie, for being woke and just being downright just good ass people. I appreciate it. Well, thank you for allowing us to understand and learn and grow with you and fight alongside you and support everyone out there right now. Like we truly do. And the one thing that I remember, I asked my mom not that long ago, because we talk, she, again, my mother grew up in Baltimore. Um, and it's, it was especially, it still is, but not as much as it was before, extremely segregated city. And she was telling me about how she remembers when schools were even integrated. And when she was in class, she went to a Catholic school. And when, you know, the few black people came in and, and my mom is a loving oh, soul. Wow. And she told me about that and how she would go and she would dance with them at the school dances because they could dance, they had rhythm. And that's where my mom wanted to be. <laughs> so I say that because that's who I come from. And what yeah. I was taught was that, you know, love. But I also asked her because she remembers being in her house with a curfew. She remembers riots and she remembers seeing this stuff. I mean, Rodney King, like, I mean, all of this stuff has happened before. Sure. I said, mom, what is different? I really feel in my soul that something is different. We're going to make a change this time, but everybody's telling me that I'm naive and that that's not going to happen. What, what do you think mom is different? And my mom's got no filter. She goes, she said, we watched a man lynched on national television. She said, the thing that is different is you cannot dispute this. You cannot argue. We watched a man take his last breath on TV. And then she goes, I stole that line from CNN. But we saw a man lynched on TV. And I was like, wow, when you use that word and what that means and what had happened and just because there's not video proof of it happening in the past and, and all of these things, I think that's why she's right. It feels different. Social media and, and mm-hmm. this stuff actually plays a very powerful role mm-hmm. in what we see and what we consume and what we understand. So to your point, those names, those names are still coming up on your feed for a reason. These images, the artwork, the artwork all over our city and probably whatever city you are, wherever you are listening has mm-hmm. been so beautiful and empowering to black lives mm-hmm. and humanism, people, where we are. I'm going to go back, you know, to where we started. And actually before, and before I go back to where we started, I want to say one more thing. And Angie, if there's anything else you want to say before we close is that, so, you know, hopefully, you know, and if you don't, I do a morning show on a station called B96 in Chicago. I do a show with a guy named Gabe. Gabe and I opened the phones the day after all of the riots to talk to Chicago, another segregated city. And, and we just, you know, well, what's the message to Chicago? How are you guys feeling? And there's this one guy who called his name's Mike clearly a white guy from the suburbs and he had so much love in his heart and he was calling in response to someone who was was saying we we as in black not including white we as in color not including white and mike so sweet is like 
I, I understand that pain, but I want, I want to be included in we because I want to be there with you. I want to be included in your we because I want to be a part of it. And he hangs up and another caller calls. Calls to criticize Mike because he's not a we. And then Mike called back again to be like, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to offend you. I just meant that I stand with you. So that was another one of those examples of respectful checking. Because even though we want we to be everyone, there's so much and so many layers to understand to pain. We're all feeling so much pain, some more than others. And maybe sitting in the pain and understanding and doing the research that's needed, the listening that's needed, the education that is needed, the action that is needed. Voting has never been more important. And I'm not going to make this political. I'm not attacking any party. I'm not attacking all cops either. They're good cops. You know, we love good people. But right now, good people know what the right thing to do in in this situation is. And it's Black Lives Matter. And I'm going to end this the same way I started it. What if 2020 isn't canceled? What if 2020 is the year we've been waiting for? A year so uncomfortable, so painful, so scary, so raw, that it finally forces us to grow. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.